0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Imagine a culture that never broke the Ten Commandments. There was no adultery, no stealing, no cheating, no killing, no lying. Wouldn't that make an amazing society? Wouldn't that just be an awesome culture to live in? Actually, I don't think it would make a great society. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all about the Ten Commandments. In fact, I believe if our culture embraced the Ten Commandments, that would be a huge leap forward for our civilization, but it wouldn't be enough. It would fall far short of the mark because we're, we are made to do so much more than simply avoid breaking the Ten Commandments. We're made for so much more than merely avoiding hurting other people. Like, don't lie to people, don't cheat, don't hurt them, don't kill, don't steal. We're made to do so much more than that. We are made to love. God made us to love. He didn't make us for a civilization of tolerance where we just tolerate each other and avoid hurting each other. <laughs> no, no. He made us for love. He wants to build a civilization of love. I mean, think about it. If somebody asked you, hey, how's your marriage going? And you said, oh, my marriage is awesome. We haven't cheated on each other yet. <laughs> we have a great marriage. <laughs> well, I'm grateful that you haven't cheated on each other yet. Adultery is a bad thing. But that that's just the basics. That's just the minimum. That doesn't make a great marriage if you don't have love and trust and unity and friendship. Simply avoiding adultery doesn't make a great marriage. Similarly, if somebody said, Hey, how's your, how's your family? How's your family life? Oh, it's amazing. We haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> so, I'm glad you haven't murdered each other, but that did, that's just the basic minimum. That doesn't make a great family. A great family is one that's full of love. You see, that's what we're made for. We are made for love. And there's one key thing we need in our hearts in order to be able to love each other well and that is virtue. That's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Virtue gives us the freedom to love. No matter how many feelings I have for somebody, no matter how many good intentions I have, if I do not have the habitual disposition to choose the good in my own life, to lead others toward what is good for them, I am not capable of loving people. I need virtue in my life to be able to love people. That's a big theme we've been talking about lately. And today I wanna zoom in on one foundational virtue, uh, one of the four key cardinal virtues, we call them cardinal virtues, coming from the Latin word for hinge. The idea is that these four natural virtues on the natural level uh, are our lives hinge on these four virtues. Uh, we we all of the virtues could uh, on the natural level could be summed up in these four, and those are prudence, temperance, courage, and justice. Today, I want to talk about the foundational virtue, the one that's known as the charioteers. It's the most important. Uh, You need all these virtues. But if you don't have this first one, you're not going to really have the other ones. And that's the virtue of prudence, or sometimes known as wisdom, good decision-making. How do we make wise decisions for our career, for our dating relationships, for leading our family, for good financial investments, Uh, just the basic things in life? We need prudence. To raise children well requires a lot of prudence to to date a girl requires a lot of prudence we need this for everything and this is the virtue many people miss this is so foundational i can't wait to open up this amazing virtue of prudence for today so that we can love the people in our lives and give the best of ourselves to them so welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edwards Edwards Three, and a warm welcome to any new listeners joining us for the first time. I want to give a shout out particularly to those who were just at the Franciscan University of Steubenville Scripture Conference. Uh, it was so great to be back there. You know, I've I've spoken to this conference for many years, and last year, of course, it was canceled due to COVID, and it was so great seeing people there on the campus. This is where I had done my my master's degree. And it was just great to be back there. Great. To be with Scott and Kimberly Hahn again, and uh, many other great speakers like Curtis Mitch, Mary Healy, uh, one of my former students, Dr. Andy Swafford. It was just it was just a wonderful, wonderful time, and to see so many faithful Catholics from all across the country gathering back again for these wonderful conferences at Steubenville to study God's Word and 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 experience fellowship in person again. It was it was amazing. So, uh, my prayers for everyone that was at that conference this last week. I earlier before I was at Steubenville, I was in another part of the United States far far away. Uh I was up in Alaska and it was a blessed time. My son, Paul, is grad- had graduated from high school this last June, and he's off to college in a couple weeks. So pray for me, it's really hard. If those of you who've done this, like I have to do this every two years now, <laughs> is say goodbye to one of my kids as we launch them into college. And um, he's a great kid, and, and this was a father-son trip, just kind of like a time for us before he heads off. And we went up to Anchorage, Alaska, uh, we got to go explore the the beautiful beautiful state you know where the sun is up till almost midnight and we got to see waterfalls and great mountains and sea lions and whales and glaciers and uh, it was a short little th- you know three day trip but a, a very blessed time uh, very grateful to for for my time with my son if you could please pray for him as he's launching off to college and and pray for mom and dad and then the rest of us as we are going to be saying goodbye soon one last thing before we get into the the virtue today here. I want to remind you about a giveaway that we're doing. You know, I've, I have my brand new book that just came out here a couple of weeks ago. It's called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and the Freedom to Love. And that's what I've been talking about the last couple episodes. And it comes out by uh, Augusta Institute and Ignatius Press. And I'm giving away a, a free copy To anyone, Uh, we're gonna do a little drawing here and anyone that is subscribed to the show notes, uh, we're actually gonna give away three free copies here uh, coming up and we're gonna do a drawing here in this month of August. All you need to do is be on that subscription list for the show notes, those simple outlines. We give a little background to each episode uh, for the podcast. All you need to do to get the show notes is pull out your phone and send a text message to 33777. 33777. And all you need to do is put all things Catholic in your message. All one word, all things Catholic, no spaces, just all one word, all things Catholic to three, three, triple seven. So if you text all things Catholic, all one word to three, three, triple seven, then you can get the show notes. And if you're on that list, you will be part of the drawing I'm going to do to give away three signed copies of my brand new book on the virtues called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. But today we're gonna to zoom in on the foundational virtue. And and again, this is one that just people don't think about. Everyone thinks about, oh, we need we need temperance today because, you know, there's so much, you know, struggle with self-control, you know, especially impurity. So we need self-control. And amen, we do need that. And a lot of people love courage. Yeah, we need to be courageous, you know, like braveheart and you know, fight the battles. And okay, okay, yeah, courage is great. But if you don't have prudence, you're just not gonna get far in life. if if you don't have prudence, you, you won't be able to raise your children well. Parenting requires so much Prudence. How do you make prudent decisions? How do you grow in prudence? If you want to have a successful career, you need prudence. Uh, if you want to have great dating relationships, you need prudence. Prudence is for everything. So it, it, the scriptures refer to prudence and sometimes it, it refers to it as wisdom. Or, and, and I don't want you to think of this as something like prudence is like just someone who's cautious and slow to act. Uh, Sometimes the most prudent thing to do is to act very quickly and firmly and decisively. That is sometimes the most prudent thing to do. Prudence is, is a very manly virtue. Don't think of someone that's just cautious or slow to act. Uh, certainly don't think of someone who's a prude. No, no. The Bible, when it portrays prudence or wisdom, it describes it as important for everyday life, practical everyday life. That God wants everyone, the simple, the young, to be able to, to be prudent. Not just, you know, prudence isn't just, and wisdom isn't just for those that are, you know, the, the PhDs or in the library or the monks and the sages, you know, in the temple. You know, no, it's, it's for everyone. If you read Proverbs chapter one, verses 20 through 21, uh, wisdom is portrayed as crying out in the streets, in the markets, on top of the walls, at the city gates. In other words, like out there in the midst of ordinary people's ordinary lives. So prudence, wisdom isn't just book learning, it's practical knowledge, how to buy a car, how to buy a house, how to make a, the best financial investment. How to raise children, how to advance your career, how to win the game, how to ask a girl on a date. All these things require prudence. What is prudence? Prudence is right reason applied to action. In other words, like when, when I'm going to, to to carry out an action in my life, does it does it conform to right reason, to, to good reasoning? Have I, Have I thought through this decision? Think about prudence this way. It's about knowing how to do the right thing at the right time in the right way maybe a very simple way of describing it. Um, Stephen Covey uh, described it this way in his famous book on, on uh, the seven habits for highly effective people many years ago. He, uh, he describes it as beginning with the end in mind. And that's what I want you to take away. When you make a decision, do you begin with the end in mind? When you're thinking about what show, sh- one of my kids want to watch this movie, you know they're in junior high and their friends are wanting to watch this movie. What, what how do I make how do I go about making the right decision? How do I what, what principles are guiding me? Am I beginning with the end in mind when my 6th grader wants a smartphone because everyone else on their team has a smartphone. Everyone else in their class has a smartphone. What do I do? What principles are guiding that decision? Do I begin with the end in mind? Am I thinking about okay, if I do this, what are, what's the effect going to be? What is the goal? What, what, what kind of son, you know, am I, am I, am I hoping to form for, you know, when he, he launches into adulthood and is this decision now, how is this decision now going to affect that? Or when I'm, you know, trying to, you know, bring about renewal in my parish, let's say. And, and, and so I really am hoping to have a, you know, a parish that's going to be on fire for Jesus Christ. And I'm there, I'm helping, I'm volunteering. And, you know, am I thinking about, okay, what do I do now? So that the long-term goal is parish renewal. So the decisions I make now, how are they going to lead me toward that goal? Are they to lead me farther away from that. Beginning with the end in mind. So you're always thinking about what is the end? What is the goal? And then using your right judgment to think through what's the best way to get there. Sometimes, you know, there, there's people in life. Did you ever notice this? Maybe, Maybe you feel this way sometimes. I know I felt this way sometimes in life where you're just running you're just running. You're just busy. You're running from one thing to the next. And you have this pressure to get this this thing done and pick up this kid and meet this deadline and get this project done. And you're just running from one thing to the next. And sometimes you just are exhausted. People are just running and running and running. But do they step back and ever consider where are they running? What's the finish line? What's the goal? Where is this all leading? Am I living an intentional life? Am I living a a deliberate life? Am I really thinking through what is the best kind of life that I want to live for myself as opposed to being just swayed by all these demands that other people make on me or swayed by my emotions or desires in the present moment and, and, and not like stopping and thinking it through? This is why in the Catholic tradition, we have this idea of prudence being described as the charioteer of the virtues. Catechism 1806 calls it that. The charioteer, it's in the, the, the driver's seat. <laughs> so if you think, you know, you, you've got the, the chariot and you've got all the horses, and you know, and all, the horses could just be going many different directions. The charioteer is, is directing all of the other virtues. So virtues without prudence directing them, guiding them, Other good qualities, other good skills, maybe you're really organized, maybe you have a lot of courage, maybe you do have self-control, maybe you have a lot of justice in your life. You got a lot of other skills and virtues, but if you don't have prudence, all of those other skills could be used toward things that aren't the best for you or the best for your family. And so it's so important that we have prudence, otherwise we spend a lot of energy and time running in the wrong direction. I think that's what so many people feel today they feel like you know they're running they're busy but they sometimes wonder where is what does it all mean where is it all going it's because they're not stepping back to begin with the end in mind and thinking about okay what is it that i want really want for my marriage so important to do otherwise you know as the years go by in marriage you'll find yourselves drifting apart you'll find yourselves not as close as you're supposed to be or you'll find yourselves you know, just, just taken away by the culture. You got to think, what do I really want for my marriage? And What am I doing to keep my marriage top priority? If I'm called to marriage, that's the number one place God wants to meet me. Am I taking the time to enrich my marriage? Am I doing what I can to to repair what needs to be repaired in my marriage? You know, to 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 bring greater unity in my marriage. Am I really thinking, what, what, what am I beginning with the end in mind? What do I want for my marriage? Same thing for my kids. I want to do a, a, a podcast all on parenting. Uh, later this year, Uh, but I'm going to talk a lot about how it requires lots of prudence, especially in our day and age when we're living in a secular culture to raise godly children. Well, requires so much prudence today. And so many people just kind of go along with the culture and they don't think things through. And, and, and then their, their kids hit junior high or teenage years and, and they're struggling. And it's because of some of the decisions they made earlier in life. They weren't beginning with the end in mind. You know, we're going to talk about prudence in different ways. There's there's a couple key virtues you need if you want to be a prudent person. One of the virtues I'm going to look at in another episode, it's called decisiveness. You have to be decisive. Once you come to a prudent decision, you have to plant the flag and say, here we go, we're going to do it. So many times people are indecisive or they or they start down a road and then they pull back and they don't finish what they set, set out to do. We're going to talk about decisiveness in another time today I want to talk about something even more more foundational than decisiveness. If you want to be a virtuous, prudent husband, wife, mother, father, friend, worker, uh, minister in the church, <laughs> whatever it is, if, if you want to be a, a virtuous, prudent person, you need what Aquinas calls the virtue of counsel or deliberation. Uh, this is the virtue that is basically the, it's like the the active inquiry it's taking time to think through your decisions uh have you ever had that you ever made a decision you wish you could take back you know maybe it was a purchase you made maybe like somebody asked you you know if you could help with something and you just said yes and as soon as you said yes you're wondering why did i say yes i don't have time i'm not good at this you know you know or Maybe there was a relationship you entered and you realized, oh, that probably wasn't a good friendship. I don't know why I got so deep into that friendship that maybe wasn't the best person. I I, I think many times we make decisions and we can look back on them and go, oh, I, I, if I had, a, I've had if I had a chance to do it all over again, I might do it differently. Well, what can we do to make sure the best we can to make good, wise decisions up front so that we're not just swept away by the moment and and then regretting decisions later on. I just want to close with three key things Aquinas says that St. Thomas Aquinas, the great medieval writer I mentioned last episode, that, that really changed my life. Uh, you know, I don't know anyone else, you know, him and Aristotle really, but Aquinas really just breaks down the virtues and and presents them so so beautifully uh, to inspire us, to examine our consciences. But St. Thomas Aquinas talks about three things that keep us from making good decisions. Uh, first one, he calls it impulse. This is when we just kind of just go with our first reaction. We don't really just, we don't really take time to think it through, you know, that's, you know, maybe again, you, you, you just made a purchase and you didn't think it through, uh, or other times you just, you're, you're distracted by something else. And then you realize, Oh, why did I do that? I often tell this story. I'll share with all of you. This is a really a dramatic story, embarrassing story in my life. It was when we we were going to get our first piano. We we're going to get our first piano. So we were. <clears throat> I was young, young professor, very poor. We didn't have a lot of money. I can't. I wanted to get a piano. I grew up playing piano. I wanted to get a piano for our our young family. I I went to a piano store in Kansas City and I saw the prices and I was just shocked. I said, "I'm never going to be able to afford a piano." But then, um a friend of mine was moving and he had a standing grand old piano. It was like a hundred years old or something. And, but he was moving and he couldn't take the piano with him. And so he offered it to me, you know, he knew I wanted a piano. He said, look, I, we can't take it with us. It, it's not, it's, it's really old and beat up. It'll probably need a lot of tuning. A lot of the keys are kind of broken, but if you want this, you can have. It. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a gift. This is amazing. He said, all I ask is, can you help me, you know, load up the truck when we're on moving day and, and then uh, we'll bring the piano over to your house if you can just come help. And so, oh, sure. <laughs> so we came over and it was a day was raining and, the grass was really wet and so you know when we were getting the piano onto the truck we got on the truck but we were really worried that the truck was going to get stuck in the in all the rain and all the the wet ground and the grass and and so we we were trying to push the truck out of it cuz the wheels kept spinning and we pushed the truck out and we got it out on the street and now we're like you know we're we're just about 8 blocks from my house and I'm just so thrilled okay here we go and we just drive straight 8 blocks and then we turn left onto my street and as we turn left, um, my friend is driving the car and I'm sitting in the passenger seat. And I heard this big noise as we turn the corner, this big noise from the piano in the back. And I saw in the, rear, in the side rear view mirror, I saw something that made my heart sink. It, it made my heart sink. It was the, the piano falling out of the back of the truck. And I literally saw it go upside down and then fall, land upside down on the ground, bounce up in the air, and then tip over, hit the ground again, bounce a third time, and and then shatter all over the street. And uh, and it was like this: the the whole event probably lasted only one and a half seconds, but it it felt like you know an hour. And I was sitting there saying, "Oh no, <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can do." The piano fell out, and what happened was we were so worried about the the truck and the grass and getting stuck uh, that we forgot to tie the piano down when we left. (laughs) So, uh, that that was an example of like, you know, we just, we just didn't think it through and, and it cost us this, this piano. (laughs) So my little daughter who at the time who was all excited, you know, she was all excited that daddy was going to bring home a piano. She was so excited. She, we had the whole place. We were going to move it and put it into our living room. And, I had to come home empty-handed. It was, oh, it was a tragedy. I felt like such a failure. And my poor daughter, like for weeks, anytime someone would come over to our house, she would grab their hand and bring them over to that part of the living room and show them where the piano was supposed to be. And she would say to them, piano broke, piano broke. <laughs> so a lot of things can break, you know, when we don't think through a decision carefully. And I bet we all have little experiences like, like that. But I wanna mention two other things Aquinas says in closing here. He also says there's a second thing that can keep us from making a good decision. And this one we got to really be on guard about, really be aware of. Uh, He describes it as being carried away by our emotions. Many times when we're having to make a decision, there's a lot of emotions that could be at work. We could have fear. We get a lot of fear and fear can make us overreact sometimes. Sometimes. And we react, you know, too strongly, or, or sometimes fear makes us paralyzed, and we don't act, and, and we and we don't make a good decision. Then, uh, anger is another emotion that we that, that can kind of sway us. When we're angry, we might end up saying something we regret or doing something we regret. Do you ever do that? Like whether it's with a colleague or maybe your spouse or one of your kids, you know, when we're carried away by our emotions, it's always very dangerous. Um, sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're a people pleaser, you're a people pleaser. It's hard for you to say no to people. And so, you know, you're always kind of like doing things to, you know, please, you know, this family member, this relative, this boss, this coworker, or this person in your neighborhood. and, And, you are just not making the best decisions for yourself, (laughs) Uh, what God wants you to really be doing. You're not making the best decisions for your family because you're always so worried about what other people are going to think of you. And, you know, those are emotions that weigh on you. I want to encourage us to really, if we're going to be virtuous, prudent men and women that make good, wise decisions, we can't allow ourselves to be swayed by emotions. So try to be aware the next time you notice that. You notice your anxiety, you notice fear, you notice anger. Uh, whatever's going on, sometimes it could be just excitement. You're just, oh, I really want this. I really want to do this. And, and, but you're not really thinking it through, you know, even that kind of enthusiastic response to something doesn't always mean it's going to be a good decision. Don't be su- someone swayed by your emotions like that. The last thing is stubbornness. You know, this is when we just don't want to think about it. You know, like you're supposed to, you know, you should be thinking through a decision, but you just tell yourself, no, I'm just going to do this. This is just what I want to do. <laughs> you know, I used to see this, you know, when, when we worked with uh, young people on on college campus, you know, they there'd be somebody falling in love. And you can just tell this, this relationship is not going to work. And you try talking to the college student, ask questions, but you can tell they just don't want to think about it. You know, they just don't, want, don't have to like think through, I just want to give into the feelings, the emotions, and I'm so excited to have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and their head is just not on. They're not thinking. <laughs> uh, but I think this is for discernment. Many times when you have to discern, uh, you have to seek God's will. What is God asking of you? Many times you could just be very stubborn and just say, well, I I just wanna do this. And you'll say things, oh, I don't feel called. You know, I don't. I don't feel called to do this. But really, what you're just simply saying is you don't want to do it. <laughs> it has nothing to do with God calling you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you you're just putting parameters around God's will. You're not really being open to God's will because if you were, maybe you'd seek counsel from this priest or this person. But you're 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 avoiding them because you know they're going to challenge you on the direction you want to go. <laughs> so you're just being stubborn at that point. If you ever noticed that in yourself? it's always a recipe for disaster. If you notice that certain stubbornness, you're, you're closed to God's will, you're closed to really thinking it through. You're just trying to just, I just want this thing. I want to do this. I just want to make this decision. But you don't want to think about it. That's usually the sign that that you're just being willful and, and it's not going to go well. So again, in summary, Aquinas says, why do we make bad decisions? Sometimes it's because we just didn't take time to think through the decision, like my piano story. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's we're just just swept away by our emotions. But the the most serious sin, the most serious weakness that keeps us from making good decisions, and this is one, we want to bring all these to confession, but especially this last one, is that stubbornness. Where, where we're not really wanting to think through. We're not really wanting to seek counsel from other people. We just want to steamroll and go, go do what we want to do. Well, my friends, I hope you're just getting a taste of how, you know, when the more you learn about the virtuous life, you learn how the virtues work together, you learn about the weaknesses that undermine the virtues, uh, it could just help you. It really is like an examination of conscience. As I'm sharing this with you, I'm thinking about things in my life and going, man, I notice these emotions at work, you know, at at certain decisions I'm having to make right now and going, well, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just a little too worried about what some people are going to think. I think I just have to do the right thing. (laughs) So I'm being challenged by this as well. So I hope this is helpful for you. If you want more on the virtues, uh, check out my new book, the art of living, the cardinal virtues and the freedom to love by Ignatius press. And I'm going to be giving away three signed copies. Uh, we're going to do a drawing here this month. Uh, based on anyone that is signed up for the show notes. So if you haven't gotten the show notes yet, a little background information on each episode, uh, you can get those for free at 3377. Just send a text message to 3377. Type in just all things Catholic, just one word, all things Catholic. Send that to 3377 and you can be on the show notes and you'll be a part of the drawing for the art of living. Thanks so much and God bless.